we want to make sure that we have the opportunity to make sure that we facilitate for everyone. It's always a pleasure having our local as well as our neighboring counties and cities support us. This is a great opportunity to be able to support you and have these conversations that are very much needed during this time. So with your patience, we're looking forward to be able to support you and bring you those special nuggets that you so need right now because you are contributing members to your cities, to your communities, and more importantly, to our economy. Doing webinar Wednesdays, we're really proud to say that we have been consistent with our webinars, bringing you the latest and most accurate information and resources that are out there to help your small business through these times. Today, we're gonna to be talking about funding sources and other nuggets. So we have a really, really robust and really good presentation put together today for you all. So we're really excited to provide this for you. But before we start, I really wanna thank our sponsors and supporters because without your help and support, this wouldn't be possible. Thank you, HEB, for being a key partner in these uh, webinars without uh, your, your dedication and your support, uh, this really truly wouldn't be possible. I also wanna thank um, BBVA, Wells Fargo and VIA for supporting this efforts and also to all of our supporters, our, our uh, Chambers of Commerce, SBDCs, uh, the Westside Development Corporation and everyone that's really passionate about what we're doing. And, and I really wanna thank everyone involved in these efforts. And before we start, I really wanna emphasize that this week on Friday, we're gonna have the Buy Local Grow SA launch, website launch. And the purpose of this website is uh, to, it's aimed to help uh, the local businesses in San Antonio to grow and expand uh, beyond measures. And this is gonna be a database where you, you're gonna have access to other business owners and you're gonna be able to register and it's gonna be like a uh, um, social media platform, but for businesses. So you'll, you'll be able to have your own uh, registration page and uh, your profile and you can add pictures and, and your information so people can look you up. And also you can look up other business and procurement opportunities. So I just wanted uh, to say that before we start. And without further ado, Juanita, if you can help me introducing our panelists for today. Thank you, Mari. Uh, it is always a pleasure to be able to partner up with local organizations and companies that support us, not just here in San Antonio, but throughout the state of Texas. It is always a pleasure to be able to do these webinar Wednesdays. And today, just like Mari, who is the, the director over at the Maestro Entrepreneur Center, who has the foresight to be able to create a platform to bring necessary, not just resources, but the community to become unified. Today's webinar is about funding sources and other nuggets. And today we wanna to start with Ruben Lopez. Ruben is gonna be, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Ramiro Gonzalez, who is gonna be providing us information about funding sources and opportunities. Ramiro? Yes, yes, I'm here. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for uh, including the Westside Development Corporation uh, as part of this webinar. This webinar uh, is, is incredible. Uh, thank you for putting it together, everyone who's been part of it. Uh, it's an incredible asset to everyone who's kind of, you know, making the best of a, of a difficult situation. So thank you. Uh, my name is Ramiro Gonzalez. Um, I am uh, the interim CEO for the Westside Development Corporation. A uh, little bit about myself is <clears throat> my background has largely been in public service, policy development, and uh, real estate. 
Uh, I had a, a long career at the city of San Antonio. I joined the Westside Development Corporation about two months ago, just before all of this happened. Uh, so it's been quite a wild ride. Uh, but there's a lot that the Westside Development Corporation is doing to try to assist our Westside businesses as best as, uh, as best as we can in the situation and make sure that uh, really the goal is to make sure that as many of our Westside businesses are being able to take advantage of the resources that are available uh, and then, you know, also taking advantage of the resources that we have at Westside. So uh, I'm going to shortly just kind of go over a little bit about the Westside Development Corporation, some of the uh, resources we, we, uh, we can help them out with. But Ramiro, you're not just, you're not just touching on areas that that's already available. You're going beyond and looking at other resources, not just what is common. We're not just looking right. at what's the immediate. We're looking at two to three steps fo forward, and you're also reaching out to get additional funding and, so and resources, right? That's exactly right. You know, the obviously the immediate, immediate need is capital for, for businesses. So where there is that available, we want to make sure that as many of them are taking advantage of, this, of it as possible. But the reality is there's just not enough to go around right now on these rounds that are coming out. So what else can these businesses be doing to really be adapting to the current situation and making sure that they survive this and maybe even uh, maybe even thrive on the other end of it based on <clears throat> what, it, what we're being forced into, which is meaning looking inwardly at, at the businesses and saying, OK, what what could we be doing better so that we're leaner and we're stronger as a result. So that's kind of what the focus is, not just now, but you know, into the future as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with no further ado, educate us, Ramiro, educate okay, us. Okay, sure. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, Westside Development Corporation. So we were a local government corporation that was formed by the city back in 2006. Largely, we're an economic and community development organization. Uh, our mission, uh, which you see there, uh, in, in essence, <clears throat> our job, our mission, our goal is to strengthen the West Side, to strengthen our organizations, our, our businesses, our communities, our neighborhoods, uh, so that the entire West Side thrives from an economic standpoint. And because every community is an ecosystem, that means touching on every single aspect of our community, uh, including our, our cultural resources, our art, everything, so that we make the, the West Side an even more vibrant and attractive place to live and, and spend, spend time. So that's really what the West Side uh, Development Corporation was created for. And so in this time, we're really, you know, leveraging the programs we already had in place but then also looking at what additional value can we be adding to these businesses. So we can go to the next one. There you go. Thank you. <clears throat> so uh, as I mentioned, you know, these are kind of some of the programs that we kind of already have in place even before all of this uh, and some of what we do, you know, largely it's small business development. So helping with loans and grants, uh, we get a certain amount of money every year from the city, about a hundred thousand dollars, which isn't huge. Uh, but in that way, we're able to impact to help uh, some businesses um, pre-COVID uh, with loans and grants that were, you know, just based on expanding their business or maybe filling some kind of need. We also offer technical assistance for businesses who are just trying to get their business started, or maybe figure out how do we how do we really fit on the west side and really maximize kind of our impact in that area. And then also bringing businesses together in an uh, in alliance. Uh, from a corridor perspective, all the businesses on a corridor and trying to get them lined up so that we can give them a stronger voice and be able to address their needs as a group to make them more successful based on their area. Workforce development, so looking to see how do we economically strengthen our residents in the on the west side. 
uh, and that largely comes from increasing their earning capacity and trying to give them uh, more economic resources available to them. So that means, you know, training. That means uh, giving them better job opportunities. And so one of those, uh, one of the most, uh, I guess, manifested ways that that has been seen is through the WETSI, which is the Westside Education and Training Center um, over at what uh, former Edgewood campus uh, on 41st Street. And so that focus is mostly on health professions. And so training up people to be able to enter into the job market with uh, greater earning capacity and skills. And then other, uh, we also support other organizations or other projects that are happening uh, in that most likely through fiscal agent services. So if you have a project, you're trying to get something going on the West side, uh, but you don't have a nonprofit, but you want to raise money for it, the West side can actually serve in that nonprofit role to help you raise money, provide write-offs, uh, so that you can still create an attractive, uh, attractive offer uh, as you're raising money for your project, and so we can help with that. And then also uh, cultural preservation efforts, uh, much like the image you see here, which is the La Musica mural uh, over the, just under the, at the end of the Commerce Bridge coming into the west side. Uh, so working on projects like that to restore these cultural assets of the west side. It's just an example of some of the stuff that we currently do. Uh, and then as we go on to the next slide, kind of look at what we're, what we're doing in response to the current situation, how we're leveraging things. Um, you know, we have a lot of our partners there, which are the people that we're working with very closely to make sure that we're getting as many of our West Side businesses into that funnel as, as possible to make sure that they get as much help as they can. Uh, right now, internally, what we are also offering is uh, some relief loans for businesses so that it has a much lower threshold of documentation and qualification. Basically, it's a very short application and then a conversation with us to see kind of where your business is, uh, particularly, especially for some of these businesses who may be um, applying for other assistance and they're just waiting for it. We can also do some gap funding so that they can get funds now while they're waiting for those other funds to come in. Uh, those loans are forgivable. Uh, as long as they demonstrate the, that the funds were used in, in, in response to the impacts from COVID. Um, so they can be forgiven and, um, and the payments would not start yes, in the, in the event that it isn't forgiven, uh, then payments still wouldn't start for another six months. So it's meant to be very flexible. Um, and we have up to about a hundred thousand dollars to, to work, uh, to work with on that. So, and the idea is that at least a portion of that is revolving so that as one pays out from, you know, getting funding assistance through other means, that's more dollars that we're able to make make available to another business who's waiting on their funding. So that's kind of the design of that. And then also just our small business outreach. So we're, we're every day getting calls and also calling just our database and our, uh, our clients, uh, finding out where they at, how are they doing, what kind of help do they need. Um, it's actually interesting that there's a number of businesses who they're okay, but and they, they kind of started to adjust. So they started to just kind of pull back on all the offerings, they kind of short, they kind of made a leaner menu, um, or they're they're just leaner services, and so they they kind of responded kind of quickly on it, and so they're doing okay. They we still encourage them to take advantage of all the programs that are available to them, um, but it's been interesting to see how how the strategies of one business can help another, and that's why I think you know webinars and things like this are are incredibly important so that these small businesses can learn from each other. I mean. You know, those of us who kind of sit in the kind of the agency side, you know, there's information we can share and things we can say. But at the end of the day, to hear from another business owner of what they're doing and how they're adapting, I think is incredibly valuable information to them. Um, and then we're also looking at 
who are those businesses that have not gotten assistance? Those who were in line for either the triple P funding, the idle, um, you know, the, the county funding through lift fund, those but businesses who maybe just don't have their documentation in order to be financeable in many ways or bankable. Um, you know, who are those businesses so that we can make sure they're not, they're not just left out in the cold and how are we going to uh, maybe a, adapt a new product or something that might help them? Uh, one of the things that we're also looking at is what does the other side of this look like for these businesses? Even those, whether you got, get help or you don't, uh, you know, how do you actually reopen? You know, now with the governor's latest order, you know, reopening is, is it, it's, it's it, we're talking about that now and what that plan looks like going forward. So all these businesses, you know, for 25%, you know, occupancy may not make sense for a lot of uh, businesses and and so it may not be a real relief to them at this point in terms of reopening. Uh, so they're still kind of sitting on the sidelines and just kind of waiting and saying, okay, what's it going to look like when we finally can open? They're monitoring the situation. So it's very much the right time to be talking about what do you need when it is time to reopen, when it is time to ramp up, what are you going to need to get there? And that may be technical assistance. That may be help negotiating with their landlord for some kind of lease, you know, some kind of uh, creative lease uh, strategies. Um, and also, you know, one of the things that we're also exploring are what are some other creative financing from a, an investment standpoint that could, that could work? Are opportunity zones uh, um, an opportunity uh, to leverage uh, for these businesses so that maybe they even come out stronger on the other side in the sense that they're able to bring in additional capital and come out stronger through a marketing and a, and a, and a capability and equipment uh, standpoint. So there are conversations happening now about what reopening looks like and what are some different tools that we can be implementing right now and exploring right now so that it's more available to businesses. And so that's a lot of what we're doing. And we're also just working with partners to figure out, you know, how else can we step in? Uh, one of the other ongoing efforts is this more robust case management strategy for our West Side businesses, is, uh, which has kind of been happening, I think, informally. And you'd hear that from all the different partner organizations is, you know, how do we not just touch one business, but own that own the situation of that business, uh, a kind of 360 solution makes, okay, did you, did you go and talk to Lift Fund? Okay, that didn't work. Okay, come back. Let's find you somewhere else. Okay, and you also need help with your books, bookkeeping. Let's get you ma uh, matched up with someone who can help you with that. And all these different partners have different resources. And so at the Westside yeah, Development Corporation, we're, 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 we're working on a matrix, a resource matrix that would be available to all of our businesses that includes all the different partners and all the different resources available to them. And that way they actually have a menu of services that they can be selecting from. I think you touched, and I, and I, and I apologize, I don't really want to interrupt you because the passion no, that I get from you is extremely important. I think you, you touched on it on the key part is, if one door closes, where are you guiding them to open another one? Because right now we have to be able to continue to groom hope faith and develop a new foundation. And I understand when what you're saying is you're doing strategic planning, you're doing business analysis, you're reevaluating your businesses, you're actually partnering with other businesses to see how they can mentor a business that hasn't quite opened. You also touched on the concern with now that the governor is considering opening these businesses, you know, and I'm sure you're probably already initiating these conversations is take a step back, 
really do the evaluation. Is it a good time to open your doors right now? Because even though you need to create business, is it in your best interest to open them right now? And I'm right. sure those are some of the conversations you're having, right? That's exactly right. Uh, you know, just saying yes at any level doesn't necessarily mean that it makes sense for that business's situation, either from a from a public health standpoint or even from an economic standpoint. You, when, once you open your doors, you have you have costs associated with that. And even if there is this reopening from a legislative side, that doesn't mean that the public is ready to to, to take on that risk. It doesn't mean the business owner is ready to take take on that risk. So it, there's still some additional analysis uh, and evaluation that needs to occur. And as businesses are trying to figure out, okay, what are those points that we need to be looking at? You know, we're happy to kind of engage with them. And as, as we're learning that as well, you know, uh, sharing that and making these businesses stronger and, and make, helping them make more educated decisions in their business. I mean, this is great. Uh, we have your contact information up here. For those who are joining us, um, this is Westside Development Corporation. Uh, Ramiro Gonzalez, interim CEO, you've done a superb job of providing us information in what you're doing in your community. But I also hear in your voices that you're not just staying on the west side, you're looking at your surrounding areas on how you can integrate in with them and looking at your partners who may not be on the west side and may have better ideas that might be working for them. Contact them, ask them information. They've brought a wealth of resources already that's in your, in your neighborhood and like our partners in Houston, our partners in, in Dallas and Fort Worth, you know, this is the time to truly collaborate, interact with each other and grow because the state of Texas is not just one of the largest state, but we also have one of the organizations that in which we've developed the best business development for small businesses. Uh, Ramiro, in closing, what is the one thing you want someone to walk away when they think about the Westside Development Corporation? You know, I think for a long time there, there has been this kind of confusion as to exactly what, uh, you know, what, how can WDC help me? How can WDC help my business? And the, the answer is really, let's hear about your situation. Let's hear about what you're dealing with even before COVID. Let's talk about your business, even if you have a business that, is doing well, why, you know, how can we expand that? How can we increase the economic opportunity for you? And for those who are going through this situation right now, and even if you're not bankable, even if you don't have what bankers like to see, we want to talk to you. We want to try to figure out what will work for you rather than won't, won't work for you and try to come up with solutions with you. So I want anyone who, who maybe never heard of us before or didn't exactly know how to engage with us, if you've got an issue on the west side uh, with your business and you're trying to get through this, you're trying to make it better, reach out to us. Even if we are not able to provide that particular resource, we're connected with all these partners who have other resources. And that's really what our role is, is to be that connector to make your business better. There you heard it. You heard it. Thank you, Ramiro. It's definitely Absolutely. heartfelt and I appreciate the passion. All right, everyone. Thank you. Let's look at, thank you. Uh, let's look at some funding alternatives. We have Lloyd Wright and Ruben Lopez uh, bringing us some information on alternatives because we've all gone into our financial institutions. They've done the best that they can. They're doing a phenomenal job with what they do have, but let's get creative. What are we gonna do? Mr. Wright, Mr. Lopez, can you educate us a little bit? 
Uh, thank you, Juanita. I think we're going to have Danny Harvey from the university go ahead first, and then I will I will follow both uh, Mr. Harvey and Dr. Jackson, and then we'll go from there. Absolutely, Mr. Harvey. Thank you very much for for joining us, audience. I want to introduce you to Mr. Danny Harvey. He's an educator and a motivator. Uh, Mr. Harvey is the director of financial planning programs and fi finance instructor at the College of Business at the Prairie View A&M University. He has 19 years of financial industry experience. He's going to be doing the presentation on have a plan for your money. This gentleman, this professional comes with a wealth of background, education and experience. So take a listen, put your plan because your money is valuable. Mr. Harvey. Yes, ma'am. How are you doing today? It is a pleasure. Talents and skills and knowledge. Make my brain bigger, sir. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for having me. This is a great uh, platform for business owners to get great information. So thank you guys for having me. Uh, Mr. Uh, Ramiro did a great job. Mr. Gonzalez did a great job of talking about uh, their their business and what they what they offer. And so what I want to talk about is, again, being ready so that you can help them help you, in a sense. So you want to have a plan for your money. So if you can go to the first slide, please. So again, he talked about being aware of your situation and what you need. So again, where, whatever stage in the business, in your business you are, right now is a great time for you to evaluate your financial health, right? I know we're in lean times and things are a bit stressful, but you want to take a look at your finances and, and your books and see where do I stand again, check your balance sheet, your income statements. And again, if you're, this is an opportunity for you to get uh, a great handle on that. So a time to see what does your cash flow look like? Where's your seasonality in your business? How does your money come in and how much and when does it come in? These are things again, basic and sounds simple, but this is a time for business to really assess that and make sure they have accurate documentation of that data so that they can make decisions. Or when you go to a place like Westside Development Center, you have good information to give them so they can help you. And then the question is, why do you need more money? Again, we're, the next segment is about, you know, grant opportunities and alternative funding, but why do you need the money? That's, that's a paramount uh, question that you need to ask yourself. Again, the, the common thing would say, well, you know, customers are slowing down. I need to get more funding to sustain, but what are you going to do with that money? Why do you need it? Is it for a new project or is it for existing operations once things open back up? So those are questions that you really want to ask and don't overlook that step to say, where do I stand today? Uh, where did I stand three months ago? And then again, we want to look ahead of where can we be three months from now? So again, evaluating your financial health, having accurate financials, again, a balance sheet, uh, which shows what you own and what you owe, and then your income statement to show your cash flow so that you can see times in the market where you're seeing uh, high revenue or uh, high expenses. And is that time coming up now so that you can make better decisions to say, should I open up or should I not? Uh, next slide, please. So with that, you want to, as you have that data, now get a grip on your finances. How do you look from a credit standpoint? Is credit an option for you? Uh, what are your costs? Variable and fixed costs. These are things that you want to know so that, again, you have an accurate depiction of if I take on this funding, whether it's something I have to pay back or something that's going to be given and I have to make an accurate account of that, of that money, I have a plan for it. Again, is this is a new program or project that you're trying to launch 
uh, that you need the money for? Or is it again for existing operations? These are things that you really want to have an understanding of before you go access or ask for additional funding, right? What is that money gonna be used for? That's gonna be a recurring uh, question or things that people or entities are gonna ask you about as they say, we have this money available for you. The question will be, what will you do with it and how will it impact your business? Is it gonna be profitable? And those are things that you should be able to assess based on your business, your model, and your plans for the future. Uh, again, whether that's continuing operations as normal or an opportunity, or you see an opportunity to grow and expand because there's a need. Whenever there's crisis or whenever there's turmoil, and again, it's a sad time, but it also creates opportunity and you wanna be prepared for it. The, the better you have an understanding of your finances, your cost, your expenses, variable and fixed, the, the better you are positioned and poised to take advantage of the opportunities that exist uh, in new markets. Yes, ma'am. I'm assuming that this is probably that time that you would even say, okay, it's not in my best interest to take additional funding. And it's, I know we don't want to hear that, but is that the time to? Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. Because again, Anytime, if you don't have a plan for the money, the money will get away from you and it can be misused. And again, if you're talking about grants where you're held accountable for what you do with that money, or you're talking about loans that you have to pay back with interest, even if it's a small amount, that's still costing you. So again, sometimes it might not be in your best interest to take on the funding if you don't have a plan for it. So you're right, Juanita, that's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, we can go to the next slide. So when we're talking about grant opportunities, because I know that's something that's going to be mentioned. And again, I don't want to take away from uh, Dr. Jefferson's presentation. But again, what are your goals? What are your plans for your business? And again, this is a time for you to be ass assessing everything, your, your business model, uh, your funding sources, potential funding sources. Here's an opportunity for you, uh, just like people are doing on an individual level, for your business, reassessing, what am I trying to do? How can I make, make increased profits, lower uh, expenses, lower my overhead? And is this a reasonable request? Does it make sense, right? Is my budgeting and accounting in place? Because again, that's where a lot of funding sources, that's the first thing they're gonna wanna look at is your, uh, your financials. What, what's your plan for the money? How have you been accounting for your money so that we know you're gonna be a good steward of what you're gonna be uh, giving? Yes, ma'am. And I think this is the time when you're talking about budgeting and accounting, this is the time to throw out the fear that you may not have understood it, correct? Exactly, exactly. This, as again, you, you want to use uh, resources like West uh, Side Development Center to help you, but you need to have a good understanding so you can help them help you of what you're trying to accomplish, where do you see your business going, but also understanding the numbers, the cost. Again, you, you have a great idea for a great new launch or a program, but does it make business financial sense? And that's where right now is a good time to be assessing that. Um, also your administrative and services, do you have the right people in place to deploy your new uh, project or continue business? Uh, these are things that you wanna be assessing and really looking at as a business owner uh, to make sure that you're positioning your company, your business in the right direction to, to really flourish once things come back online fully. Uh, also the return, on the investment. If you invest in this, are you gonna get the proper return uh, that warrants the risk or the cost? So these are things that you really wanna assess. And again, you wanna take advantage of uh, professionals that can help you in this arena, but it's your business. So the first question, they're gonna ask you a lot of questions 
uh, to assess, you know, the viability of it. So you need to be prepared to answer those questions and ask those tw tough questions, excuse me, of yourself. And we can go to the next slide. So um, again, when, when you talk about grants, they're gonna ask you for a budget. Now, yes, you need your organizational budget and, and what your, your plans for the company, but they're gonna wanna know specifically what are your budget and what are your plans for this money that you're asking for? And will it be, again, used properly and have a positive impact, right? And so those are the things that you need to really map out and plan out. And again, there's resources like Westside Development that will help you in that endeavor, but it starts with you outlining, again, like when you say understanding uh, the numbers, that's something that you need to do as a business owner. And again, a lot of you may have may know this and, and have heard this before, but now is the time to really put these things in action. Because again, it's, it's information is great and knowledge is great, but if we're not using it and putting it into practice, then it's really a waste. So uh, you want to list other sources of income that could cover you if you didn't get this money, right? Now it's great to have it, but what are your plans if the money doesn't come through? Do you still continue uh, plan to continue this endeavor? Or will this fund, if this funding doesn't come through, then the endeavor or the project won't happen. These are things that you need to share and be able to uh, detail with the grant, uh, the grant provider or the funding sources so they understand, again, what you plan to do with the money. But before again, they get to this, but before they get to this point, um, as you identified, Mr. Harvey, is go to organizations that you may have a phenomenal idea on what you want to do with this funding but they might be able to restructure your idea and your program or business plan to where it's more beneficial. And you stated, you know, go to the professionals. And right now is the perfect time because you've got organizations that are wanting to leverage their knowledge and skills and experience. At, some of them are even at no cost. So take full advantage of that. Is that correct? Exactly. Exactly. You, you want to take advantage of the resources that are available to you. Uh, most definitely. But again, you want to be in the best position so they could help you. So again, you want to uh, have a good, get good detailed plan of what you want to do and what your expectations are. So yes, they can come in with their expertise and kind of help you fine tune that, refine it so that it's in the best uh, presentation uh, for uh, the grant or alternative force uh, funding sources, banks, or what have you, or even private investors, right? This is an opportunity for, again, if you lay out a plan that, that makes good business sense and, and, and is very viable, you'll be surprised at people who are willing to give you the money, support you and invest in it. Because again, investors are looking for opportunities, always looking for opportunities to grow their money, especially in times like this, because it presents opportunities. So as a business owner, the more prepared you are, the more detailed accounts of what your plans are, the more detailed accounts of your past business or your past dealings, the better your position to then take advantage of the funding that's out there and really stretch it and make it have the greatest impact for you and your business. Absolutely. So uh, creating a lastly here, uh, again, like I said, uh, Dr. Jefferson is going to talk more and more in detail about grants and, and those opportunities. But again, you want to make sure that in that budget that you need to create, that's always a part of a grant proposal is again, make sure you have an adequate accounting tool uh, so that you can then show them what you plan to do and then what you've done with that money. Because again, in some grant, in some cases, the, the grant provider is going to want to post a report of what you did with the funds. So you want to make sure you have an adequate tool and tracking system for what you're going to do with those funds. Okay, and then we're talking about both expenses and revenues from the money 
that's uh, awarded that will be or potentially awarded to you. You want to make sure you align the cost to what the grant and understand the details of what the grant's asking uh, so that you know that you have the, uh, that you use the funds properly. Right. And so again, you want to make sure you uh, tie the cost to again, what you're, what you're saying you're going to do and what you can do with those funds and the impact it will have. You always, it's always great to talk about the impact and what, what you, what the money will do, not only for your business, but what it could possibly do for others in the community. So again, it has the greatest uh, and lasting impact. And then list other sources of income uh, for the cost, right, that you may need or shortfalls. Again, you always want to uh, have a plan for the money, but once you go and ask for the money, make that way you know you're asking for what you really need uh, and what you fully need, not what you think you need or just because the grant says a thousand, you're going to take the whole thousand. Make sure you have an accurate account for what you're going to do with that thousand dollars. And if you need do you need the 4,000 or do you need more? That's what you want to have detailed as part of your budget when you submit. So with that, like I said, again, these, these tools that I talked about may sound uh, simple and, and, and uh, commonplace, but sometimes common sense isn't common, okay? And so we want to be prepared and make sure that we're in a place to take advantage of these opportunities that exist and be very uh, a good steward of those resources so that, Again, we have a great impact on your business, but also the community that you support. Mr. Harvey, you're definitely, you said the key word, be a good steward. Um, it's phenomenal being able to hear you. You are definitely an educator and you certainly motivated me to take another look at things because when you're looking at from a emotional standpoint, it's not always beneficial for you or those that you're serving. You're telling, you're telling us you're educating us and directing us to look at it from someone who has an unbiased opinion, get the experts to really look at it on what you're going to be doing, not just for yourself, but for your community, right? Exactly. And, and during this time, it is, you know, warranted to be extra cautious. Uh, it's easy to take on additional funding, but you, you have to have the foresight in the event that you have to maybe step back and decline because this is not the, the perfect place. Mr. Harvey, I, I know that being an educator at, you know, Prairie View and Texas A&M University, sometimes, especially during this time, is giving you the opportunity to educate. And I see that we have your contact information. As an educator, as a motivator, as someone who's invested in this community, what would you say would be one of the best things that you're doing, not just yourself, but as you're presenting, to benefit the community because I've been to Prairie View A&M and it is a phenomenal institution. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, it's a great institution of higher learning. And again, our, our, our mantra and what we, what, why we exist is to teach, serve, and research. And so this is the great, this is a great time where all three are very paramount and needed. Uh, again, continue to teach and educate our students and our community, which is, you know, what we're here for today. Uh, providing service, serving, providing resources, uh, you know, educating, you know, young people about finances and, and taxes and understanding that piece. And then also doing research and trying to grab data to provide, uh, you know, more tested and tried practices and procedures that will work and help the community. So that, that's what, uh, that's what Prairie View is about. That's what I'm about. And again, what, no better time than to do that than right now. So 
you said research. I'm assuming that you're getting ready to develop some type of forward thinking on how some of these micro businesses are going to be needing support. Yes. Again, that's what, uh, you know, myself and others like the SBDC on previous campus, we're looking at the data, capturing data to try to, again, see what's working, what's not working so that, again, we can provide that information to the community so it can serve and uh, be of greater use. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, ladies and gentlemen, as you hear, we're bringing these educated, you know, professionals who have invested years and years and years into the community. And what better time right now is, you know, we've looked at the financial institutions on how to support our businesses, what to do to apply, but you've got to think outside the box. And I, what I'm told is the gentleman that's coming up as we're getting ready to talk about, you know, critical tips on developing your grant proposal. This gentleman is known to be an out of the box thinker. Dr. Jefferson, he currently he is serving as the Director of Student Academics Services at Prairie View uh, A&M University. His position provides leadership for all academic and support services and program in the, develop in the Department of Student Academic Support Services. He's directly related to leadership and management. He has been a program director, a faculty coordinator, Dean of Student Services, Academic Affairs Dean, Vice President of Instruction, Vice President of Student Development, which is Affairs and Services, and Executive Vice President of, of Instruction and Student Services. The list goes on. And like I tell you, he is an out-of-the-box thinker. He's field of education, not just serving students, families, and his community. Dr. Jefferson, I am so thrilled to have you on here because this is an area that sometimes people don't think about. What are no. those tips? Juanita, I'm going to take you with me everywhere I go and <laughs> have you do every introduction anywhere I go because I'm looking around like, I don't know who she's talking about. This guy sounds pretty good. <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate uh, you all having me. Um, I'm not a business professional. Um, actually, my training is in biology, but um, I spend a lot of time working in grant programs. Um, leading and managing grant programs. And on the other side of it, I've been a reader for federal and state level um, grant programs and looking at proposals coming in and kind of rating those and helping decide who gets funding or not. So this is more of a, a technical advice that I will give people who are looking for grant funding. Um, <clears throat> and we're going to move fairly quickly, but I just kind of highlighted, you know, the three areas I thought that really people have a, a, a make the most mistakes in. So let, first of all, let me teach your horn a little bit about that, okay? Right. You said your background is in biology, but here's the thing. You said something that was key, and I wanna make sure our, our, our listeners are listening to this. You're an avid reader. You, I'm sure you probably picked up anything that got in your way and read it and understood it. You didn't just go past it. And that is why you're so passionate about making sure that the presentation you're doing about grants are read understood and executed to the best of their knowledge and if they don't have it you're going to direct them to some areas that they can get that information right we're going to talk about this right now so very good. Go. I told you, we need to go everywhere so Let's go. the fundamental parts of a proposal and it depends on the grant uh, uh funder and things like that but usually it's five main parts you have your introduction you have your goals and your objectives your plan of operation next your budget uh, which Mr. Uh, Harvey just uh, talked about, and your evaluation plan. Now, those are the general 
areas. It kind of gives and takes a little bit, but you can kind of break down any proposal to those areas. Next. And so we're going to talk about the three areas that really kind of stand out. First, let's talk about the goals and objectives. This is what you really need to spend a lot of time on. And the first thing you need to do is understand the difference between a goal and an objective. Many times an RFP will ask you, what are your, what are your goals of your proposal? And what are the objectives you're trying to reach? Your goals are just a generalized, uh, uh, you know, the, the generalized idea of what you want to do. For example, if we want to help, you know, small farmers, you know, maximize their tax relief or something like that. Um, so that's the generalized thing you want to do. A objective is something that's very specific and measurable that's going to help you meet your goal. So if we want to help small farmers, that's our goal. The objective would be that we want to meet with 50 small farmers within two months to discuss information with them. All right. Mm -hmm. So a general rule that I go by is an objective is what activity you want to do to what degree and what time frame. And I'll repeat that again. What activity to what degree and what time frame? I want to meet with 50 small farmers in a two month time frame. What I want to do to what degree, to what time frame. That is a measurable objective. And so that is how you define your success. So when you're telling a funder, this is what I want to do. So judge me by this. And you can, at the end of that uh, uh, um, grant period, you can say, yes, I met with all 50 of, of my farmers in the two month time frame, and this is what we discussed. So I did the things. And so that lays out your criteria for success. And lastly, your objectives should always be tied to your evaluation plan. It's critical, critical, critical that when you lay out what you want to do, you have concrete, measurable objectives in there that someone can say, yes, they thought through this. It's, it's well planned. They have concrete benchmarks that they want to meet to do with this funding I'm going to give them. Next slide, please. All right, budget. All right. Budget is very, very important. I've seen really good proposals that don't have a good budget that did not get uh, funded. All right, so first thing, and I, I will say this, make sure the budget makes sense. Um, sometimes you have a great proposal and the budget's all over the place. Uh, make sure your budget is tied to your objectives. Once again, if you're gonna go out and meet with 50 small farmers, to discuss, you know, whatever, you know, uh, uh, program that you have with them, we want to, you want to serve them with, and you want to do that in a two month time frame. What are the budget items that you're going to need to spend money on to get that accomplished? You're going to need to drive to these small farms. They're all over the place, right? All over, you know, uh, Southeast Texas. So you're going to need probably to pay mileage to your staff. You're probably going to need to pay a salary to the people that's going to be going out and meeting with those small farmers. You're probably going to need a laptop to take with you if you don't already have one in the service that you're offering. You may need a wireless hotspot, depending on where you are. There may not be wireless coverage. And so those things are tied directly to your activity that you're going to do. So when you write your proposal, make sure that your, your costs are directly tied to the things that you're going to be doing. Sometimes we talk to people in the organization, we have different 
branch of the organization. Some people may be working with small farmers. Some people may be with small business. Some people may be with entrepreneurs. And people say, oh, you're writing a grant? Write, write, write me in for this. Write me in for that. And you have all these auxiliary activities that are not directly related to your proposal. And that kind of, that really sticks out. All right. Make sure, and as was mentioned earlier, you have sound accounting. If you have, you know, one plus two plus three equals 10, we, when we read grants, we go through and we have a, uh, uh, either a spreadsheet or we have our calculator, we sit there and we, we add up the numbers. If you have one plus two plus three equals 10, and we know that one plus two plus three equals six, we say there's some accounting issues. Something isn't right. And if you can make it look, uh, 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 if you can make it correct on your proposal, which should be your best foot forward, we're not really going to trust you once we actually get money in your account. All right. And we know we know numbers do not lie. Yes, so numbers get the numbers right. Yes, exactly. And only and go back one slide, please. Only spend money on people that would be accountable for those activities. Once again, sometimes you say, "Well, you know, we're running out of money over here. Uh, we don't. We 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 want to keep Mary Angela, but we we run out of funding. Could you add her to your grant? Well, she works on something totally different." And so you add that person in there and they may be like, wait a minute, this person is not working on this grant. This is person working over here. And I will tell you what we'll do sometimes as a reader, as a reader, we'll go into your website and we'll look and see what people's job duties are based on right. what their titles are. And be like, no, this person over here doing this. Why do they have this person listed on the grant to get paid over here? Things like that. List in-kind support. So if, um, uh, Mr. Povera, if you're going to be the grant director, but you already work for the agency, the organization, but you're going to take that on as a part of your responsibility. Your salary is already paid, but you're going to take on additional responsibility of managing this grant, making sure all the objectives are made. So what you can do is you're going to spend 25% of your time managing this grant that's going to already be part of your normal salary. You can write that into the grant as an in-kind contribution. You're not going to take any money out of this grant to manage it, but you're going to do that work. That shows that, as the old saying goes, the organization, your, organi your organization has a little skin in the game. You're not just trying yeah. to get money. You're, you're, you're kind of being making this a part of what you do. And last but not least, get help when you need it. I've written, you know, uh, uh, about 15 uh, uh, grant proposals in my time. You win some, you lose some. It's like baseball. You strike out more than you hit. Um, and I, I'm pretty good with budgets, but when I write a proposal, I go to someone that does this for a living. They do it every day. I go to the accounting office and say, look, this is what I'm trying to write. Does this make sense? Because they can look at things and just right off the bat, they can add those numbers up. See, oh, you need to move this over here. You can do this like this. They know accounting. Go get help. Don't, don't feel like you need to do it all yourself and you need to be the most brilliant one in the world, put the whole proposal together. No, go get help. All right, next slide, please. All right, lastly, this is one of the most important uh, areas, your evaluation plan. How do you know you're successful? We start with our objectives. What is gonna be the roadmap to success? Your evaluation plan is tied to your objectives. All right, tied to your, and I highlighted this, measurable objectives. You just don't want to say, I want to go help farmers. You want to say how many farmers you're going to help and what time frame, work services, what are you going to do to prove that? Those things are measurable. 
all right? And you wanna, in your evaluation plan, you wanna highlight what steps and what information you need to collect to prove that you've been successful, to prove that you've been successful. So if I want to do a, you know, a local, uh, I wanna help small farmers again, and I'm gonna do a, uh, uh, a little town hall in the local square to give them information about the services that we have for them. I'm gonna, when they come, they're gonna sign in. So I'm gonna collect those sign-in sheets. Um, if there's gonna be workshops I'm gonna do with them, there's gonna be a certain curriculum that's gonna be attached to it. If I'm gonna do advertising, there may be flyers, there may be electronic flyers, there may be physical flyers, it may be things I put on, you know, old school, maybe things I put on the, uh, uh, the, uh, the light poles or something like that. Say, hey, you know, small farm, if you have a small farm, come get this information. You keep copies of that. If you're gonna do a presentation, you're gonna go out and meet with one-on-one. -on -one. You're gonna take your laptop. You're gonna run them through a, a brief presentation on these are the services that we can offer to you to help your small farm be more sustainable so you can pass it on to the next generation. You keep a copy of that presentation. So anything that you do in the course of your work that will show that you actually have uh, uh, undertaken the activities that you said you were, you collect that. And that is part of your evaluation plan. So for every objective, you should have a way to evaluate whether or not you met those objectives. And this is kind of fancy terms, but it's real simple to think about. You should have formative and summative methods for evaluation. What is a formative method? It's those items and information you collect along the way. You collect the sign-in sheets, you collect the flyers, you collect, you know, if, you, if you're doing phone calls, you do a call log, if you send them emails, you collect all that kind of stuff along the way. And that is kind of showing, yes, we've done, we've, we have done all those activities. A summative evaluation is those things that we're all familiar about that you collect at the end of your activities. When you go online or you call the, you know, your cell phone company and say, hey, my cell phone's not working. I can't get it to do this. I can't do it to get it to do that. Then you have a conversation. Then you hang up the phone. And about five minutes later, you get a text message or you get an email saying, how was your service? Was the representative able to help you? Were they friendly? Yeah. That's a summative evaluation. So at the end of that, you may send something out to all the people you help and say, how was our services? Did it help you? Was it valuable to you? Was it a good use of your time? That end of service survey, is a summative evaluation. So you wanna have a mix of both, things that you collect along the way and the thing that you do at the end. Next slide, please. And last thoughts. Um, no proposal terminology. For example, many people say, I'm gonna write a grant. No, you're gonna write a proposal or you're gonna write a grant proposal. The grant is the actual award, the proposal is what you're gonna write. So knowing those kind of terminology. Number two, Review the RFP, the re re request for proposals, and sometimes they call it request for uh, uh, um, request for funding. It, it, you know, they got different terminology. But read that in detail. Why do you want to read that in detail? And a lot of it is boring and boilerplate, I will tell you. You read it in detail because it will tell you what size font they want sometimes, the margins, the, the number of pages. If they say they only want 35 pages from you, you write 36, guess what? They're not gonna read it. They're gonna, they have mm -hmm. someone that screens all, screens all the proposals, they'll throw it out. In times like this, when money is short, money is limited, and a lot of people are going after grant funding, 
it becomes a, the first step for the funders is to eliminate people. And it is just the harsh reality of what it is. If they have enough money for 25 people, 100 people apply, they have to figure out how to get rid of 75 people. So the first thing they do is go and look for who broke the rules. We said, you know, we wanted 50 pages. Who wrote over 50 pages? It's gone. We said we wanted 12 font and these, you know, this, these kinds of fonts. Oh, this person wrote 14. She's gone. We say we want one inch margins all around. This person had half inch margins all around. That person's gone and they whittle it down. And so make sure you read the RFP to know, um, you know, what kind of, what are the rules? Uh, research, last, uh, research the funder. So if you're, you're, you're looking at a funder and you know that they, they're technologically based and they like to fund, you know, projects around technology and you want to do something about gardening, that may not be in that funder's wheelhouse. Look for funders that are aligned with what you do. Specific um, funders, yeah. Specific funders, research them, figure out what they're about and what they funded before. Sometimes they have a list of other projects they funded on their website. Go see if there's a theme there. Uh, follow directions and proofread, big thing. Um, go through your proposal, do spell check, do Grammarly, give it to somebody else outside of yourself who's been writing a grant and say, go read this. Sometimes in our mind, and as, as educators, we see this all the time, you, you are reading a paper so much that your mind automatically corrects things that are maybe mistakes. Give it to someone else. Let them go over there and say, what do you mean by this? This isn't clear. Proofread, proofread, proofread. Your proposal is your first introduction. It's your formal presentation to them. If you have uh, grammar mistakes, misspelled words, things like that, it leaves a bad taste in the, in the funder's mouth and they may not want to fund you. You don't want to miss out on a great idea because you know it's, it's not well written. Some people are idea people. They can get the idea down, but then go give it to somebody that can kind of put some shape to that, get some help. And um, I think that is it. I think that's it. Oh, and lastly, but not least, do not procrastinate. Um, if it's due on Friday, you know, you know, May 8th, have your proposal done by the 5th. That way you can sit on it for a day and turn it in a couple of days early. Do not procrastinate. Sometimes you have to go through a process to be eligible to submit your proposal. So uh, sometimes the process is you have to register with us. You put in your information. It comes to us. We send you back a password and a, a login. And that may take a couple of days to do. If you wait till the last minute, you realize like, oh, there's more to the process, you may blow it. And lastly, ask for help. You don't have to do this by yourself. Ask for help. Now I'm back. Ah, you know what? You have a wealth of knowledge and you're absolutely right. That Let's focus on the afterthoughts right now because, you know, I read a book on the problem with math is vocabulary and you definitely taught on terminology. So yes, if you do not understand something on that proposal, Google it, get a dictionary, find out exactly what it is. Those RFPs are detailed. Uh, Dr. Johnson, you know, when we talk about these details about these RFPs um, and you talk about the funders and their focus, those details, how detrimental are they? They can be the difference between your proposals being read and not being read. 
if there's a detail in there, if there's a direction as far as page, and something as simple as page numbers are the kind of font you should use. Right. You violate that, they won't even read it. I mean, it's simple as that. It one, If a lot of proposals come in, the first thing we do is eliminate as many as possible. And well, then we move forward to reading. Dr. Jefferson, before I, we move forward into the questions, the Q&A, I want to make sure that our listeners know that if you want to hear this recording or you want this information, please, please, please email Mari at Mari at maestrocenter.org because we want to share this knowledge with you. And I'm sure Mari's going to put that. There you go. Um, so really quick, we've got a couple of questions. I want to ask, we already touched on some of the decisions that we've made as far as, you know, how to, how the grants are provided. But when you start looking at a fund, you said go to the funder specifically and what you're actually going to be targeting. So the other thing too is how do you locate some of these, uh, funders and grants? What are some of the things that you need to take take a look at, Dr. Jefferson? Okay. Um, what, what, anybody, Google is our friend. Uh, number <laughs> yes, one, it, it really is. Um, and uh, and my my, I teach a course on grant writing, and I take them to uh, having you on Google, and they look up you know uh, development uh, agencies, and every major Fortune 500 company has a philanthropic wing. And you can kind of go through and look at, you know, organizations. There's uh, small business associations. Um, that is a storehouse for local grants that come through states, go through uh, federal, uh, go through, come through counties. And that is a place that you can go, small business uh, uh, authorities and associations like yourselves. And that is a storehouse for places. Um, there is, um, different I, I do a lot of federal grants and so if you depend on what your area is uh like department of education is where i go to a lot quite a bit department of labor depends on what your background is uh department of commerce uh, and they have a plethora of information um uh about you know funding opportunities some of them for small business some of them for medium-sized business some of them for large business but there's a lot of resources out there and i think um uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I thought you all had a, uh, a list of, you know, where you we are. Oh, it's right there. Yes. So yes. Yes. yes, there we go. We're going to move <laughs> yeah. forward with, yeah. with the list. And I think Lloyd is going to walk us through uh, some of these opportunities available currently for small business. So Lloyd. Yes. Thank you. And good morning, everyone. Again, I am Lloyd Wright. I am the director of the Prairie View A&M University Small Business Development Center. Um, before I jump into my slides, just for everyone's own personal uh, resource, a good website if you're looking to do or to apply for federal grants will be grants.gov. That's G-R-A-N-T-S dot gov. That is a repository of all the federal agencies and all their notices of funding opportunities for all the grants that they put out on the federal level. So just FYI that. Grants.gov. I'm putting yes. that on the chat right now. Okay, perfect. And so, uh, yes, yeah, so as we start looking at grants and other alternative funding solutions, especially during such a trying time right now, um, there are a number of different resources that we wanted to make available to our clients as well as to the greater small business community 
as well as um, HEB, supplier diversity customers. Uh, we do know right now the payroll protection program did run out of money uh, approximately a week ago, but they, ref they, have, they have since added additional funds to the program. Um, however, we do know that that's probably still not going to be enough. And so based on that, we want to provide you with some additional uh, resources that you might be able to tag into to get funding. Uh, we are telling our clients and customers right now <clears throat> that one of the best things that will serve you during this time is being adaptive and creative. Uh, we see a number of different businesses that have pivoted in their services and, and products that they offer. And that's one of the things that we're encouraging our customers to do and our clients to do to kind of think outside of the box. Uh, we know of, uh, of distilleries that are here locally that are no longer uh, making alcohol but have since pivoted into the uh, hand sanitizer and gel sanitizer space. So we're looking at companies like that and we're encouraging people to be creative. Similarly, we have um, uh, clothing manufacturers, things like that. People have put those things on hold, have gone to the protective, uh, protective wear manufacturing, things like that. So we're encouraging people to be adaptive and creative and think outside the box when it comes to uh, funding your business. Uh, we also want to recommend that you have a, a, a balanced funding approach. So don't put, all your bag, don't put all of your eggs in one basket, if you will, with your own current uh, business bank or a new banking relationship. There are a number of other uh, resources out there that can help you kind of close the gap, if you will. If you go to your bank and you are, for whatever reason, denied, uh, you will be able to uh, actually make up some additional funds through grants that are out there. And lastly, we want to make sure that you leverage uh, technology to help you find your money for your mission. And so, as I mentioned, grants.gov is a good, good resource, but then we also have grant space that lists a number of different uh, grant opportunities that are coming available daily. Next slide, please. <clears throat> um, so we'll be, I'll be providing you with, some, with some, uh, some financial resources, but real quick, just want to throw in a few disclaimers that the university or myself, nor the SBDC, we aren't um, making any grants or giving out any donations. This is just really this informational information for you to, 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 to better equip you to deal with the current business climate and hopefully continue to expand and grow your business during these times. Um, this is just for, again, just uh, all of our partners. We're here just to share information and encourage the small businesses to reach out to not only myself, if you are in the Waller and Grimes County Small Business Development Center area, but also for the San Antonio uh, Small Business Development Center as well. Next slide, please. So again, I'm just going to go through a, a few of these. Again, Grant Space is kind of like the, the, the broad uh, website that will kind of take into a lot of, that will also capture a lot of these sites that we, that we have listed. Um, but a few of these uh, on the slide that I'm going to highlight will definitely be uh, TWU for women entrepreneurs. So that's a lot of things. Those are a lot of areas that, or specialty areas that sometimes get overlooked. So if you are a woman business owner, TWU does, does have a great um, emergency assistance program, grant program for, for women business owners. Similarly with uh, Amber Grants for Women. So those are you know, two that are strictly just women related. So if you are a, you know, again, a woman business owner, I would encourage you to visit those two websites. Mr. Uh, Wright. Yes. Amber Grant just doubled their award for, for the month of, uh, I believe, April and possibly May. Just oh, wow, that's of, awesome. Yes. So they did get some more funding. Great, 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 great. Um, so then also on this slide, I wanted to point out um, two things here. Uh, Cabbage has been a while for a while, so uh, I would encourage you because they are uh, offering loans up to $2 million in funding through Cabbage. Another thing that I think a lot of small businesses have overlooked and have forgotten about is that probably, you know, I don't know, 70, 80% of all small businesses probably use QuickBooks or some form of it. And they do have assistance that are that is available to business owners as well. So again, that may be something that you've overlooked. I'm sure, just like I said, maybe around 70, 80% of all business owners use QuickBooks. 
take advantage of it. So there's their link there as well. On the next slide, please. Uh, yes, on the next slide, and again, I think people forget about PayPal and Square. Those are your, your credit card, your debit card processors. And those, they also have grants that are available and other small business loans. So again, just want to provide you with some other things, some other opportunities that you kind of overlook that you just kind of get so caught up in the day-to-day -day operations of your business. You don't think about these other companies that do have um, uh, capital available to you. And just as uh, <clears throat> Dr. Jefferson mentioned, you know, every, every major corporation has some type of philanthropic uh, arm to them. So don't be afraid to reach out to them. Use Google and kind of find out, you know, what kind of funds they have available for you as well. Next slide, please. Uh, yes, and then so on this one, I, I would recommend uh, that you take a look at the first one, Fundera. It is an aggregator, so it will not only take your online application, but will kind of point you in the right direction of the bank that does have the bandwidth to actually process your application. We've heard the horror stories now, banks running out of money or banks not uh, dealing with non-customers right now. Fundera is really offering a great service to kind of help help businesses kind of navigate that as well. So I would encourage you to visit their website um, and apply there as well. Next slide. And then lastly, for here in the Houston area, I wanted to give some more local resources of banks that we have, have kind of been able to research and do know that at least at, at the time of preparing this presentation, they did have funds available. Uh, so we would encourage you just to kind of take a look on their website or give them a call just to kind of verify that they are still accepting applications, but we do have, of course, Unity National Bank, which is located uh, near the Medical Center. Third Coast Bank is very aggressive and working very hard right now. I did see a, a, a press release earlier that Third Coast is really still putting out the PPP loans. So I would encourage you to check out Third Coast Bank. And they're not only um, taking um, existing customers, so new customers can even also apply through Third Coast as well. Wood Forest as well, here in San Antonio, I, I found out that they're taking applications as well still, oh, cool. so that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard a lot, a lot of good things about Third Coast. They have an outstanding customer service, which I think a lot of people are, are appreciating right now during this time. And as always, if, um, <clears throat> if you need more information or if you need assistance in preparing a business plan, uh, preparing your financials for the application process, anything associated with the SBA loan programs uh, or growing your existing business, we're here to help you. So reach out to us at Prairie U A&M SBDC if you are in the Wallet and Grimes area, or if you are in Houston, we can make the referral to you as well. And on that note, let's go to the next slide. Um, Mr. And Wright mentioned SB SBDC. Mr. Wright, you're absolutely right. See, there's some, some industry-specific grants that sometimes we overlook. Um, this is where we need to get really resourceful. Is that correct, sir? That is very correct, and that's what we're here to help. Yes. And we're going to be sharing these slides. If you email me at mari at maestrocenter.org, I'm going to be emailing this slide so you can just click on, on the various links because we have done the research for you. So we'll, we'll make sure to send me an email and we'll make sure we get those slides to you. Audience, doing their best. So reach out to your community. And now Ruben Lopez. Ruben yes. Lopez from SBDC in San Antonio. He's, he's going to cover his slide and what's available in the San Antonio area. Absolutely. 
Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, Ruben Lopez here, Assistant Director with the University of Texas San Antonio Small Business Development Center. Um, just really quickly, I know we're running out of time, but uh, in general, you know, we, we talked about the PPP and the EIDL. Those um, uh, funds are going to run out pretty pretty soon. If you don't have your application in already, you, you may uh, not get funded this round. But here are some other uh, uh, sources you can go to. Uh, basically, look at your industry. Every industry has a, a trade association, an industry association. There may be some uh, grants, scholarships available through your industry. Uh, there's a couple of examples here. The Texas Restaurant Association uh, has a relief fund. You can uh, apply for a, um, I believe it's a grant through them. Uh, there was a um, scholarship for hairdressers. I think um, uh, one of the uh, hairdresser um, suppliers was providing a, a thousand dollar grant to to uh, hairdressers in the industry um, and then sort of related to funding uh, use this downtime right now where we're not really uh, fully open to, to do some uh, uh, training maybe have uh, your your get a grant through the uh, Texas Workforce Commission or so if you, if you get a grant through the Texas Workforce Commission you have to write a grant uh, some nonprofits have already written the grant, they've already received the money, and they're providing training. So again, look in your industry what uh, what's available to, to train your employees since you have downtime right now. Um, code up, that's um, the, the San Antonio Code up, um, provides uh, uh, coding training yourself or for your employees. Uh, another option, again, I, I don't know if we made the disclaimer already, uh, we're not here to provide uh, financial advice, you know, make sure you talk to your CPA and uh, financial advisor, but one of the resources you can access is, is an IRA or a 401k right now because of the, uh, uh, the COVID virus, uh, you're allowed to take out up to $100,000 uh, from a uh, 401k or an IRA without penalty, and you have uh, up to three years to pay it back or or uh, uh, redeposit the, the money. Uh, so any any kind of uh, COVID hardship, you can use that type of or, or that money for for that type of uh, uh, use. Um, really, uh, again, just uses downtime to to do some other things. Maybe work on your web page. Uh, maybe work on an e-commerce site. You know, we always tell business owners work on your business, not in it. Now's a good time to do that. Uh, maybe look at doing process improvements, uh, maybe finding alternative vendors. Maybe you found out during this uh, COVID crisis that maybe you couldn't get supplies, maybe have a, a, an alternate vendor look for those. Uh, find allies and partners. Again, maybe if you're a restaurant, you, you didn't have a, a delivery service, maybe now's the time to try to find one for, hopefully we don't have another issue, but just use this downtime to find uh, new allies and new partners. And that's all I have. Uh, we're available to provide no cost, confidential one-on-one -on -one advising. We have eight advisors at the UTSA downtown campus. And we also have training. Our training right now is, um, remote we have some uh, online training and we're looking at providing some some live online training shortly so ch keep checking with our website and that's all i have thank you mr lopez that is the perfect segue for me to go into our next area and of course like you said 
sometimes you have to make those adjustments for your community because especially what we're addressing. Mari, thank you so much for putting on our community partners. See, here are the nuggets that we were talking about. You got lender information. And I do wanna state, this is information is for the purpose that you wanna contact them and get information. But Mr. Lopez, you said, you know, you may come into a distributor or a product and who better than to bring on at this time than H-E-B because what have they done? Mrs. Real, where are you, ma'am? Educate us on what, what H-E-B is doing to support our community because you've extended that deadline, have you not? <laughs> yes, we have, Juanita, yes, we have. <laughs> Hello, everybody in small business land. Thank you to our man, to our panelists. You, all of you have been absolutely amazing. You have have stepped up to the plate and you have truly, truly given us this, the information that um, we requested and over and beyond that. So we thank you from the bottom of our heart. You you really have just completely outdone yourselves. Um, I wanna talk about uh, Quest for Texas Best. Most people know about it and uh, usually it has ended by now, but as of you know, COVID-19, we have extended that deadline for your submission. So the deadline now is May 31st, 459 59 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm gonna repeat that. May 31st, 459 59 Central Standard Time is the cutoff date for you to do your submissions. Anytime after that, five o'clock, it's over. So make sure you get those in. And as you can see, there's a timeline for 2020. Um, and, and, and go back one slide for me, Mari. That is going to be your website, www.heb.com slash quest. Um, please submit. We are also uh, taking non-food as well as food submissions. So it is open to the public. Please go in and, and, and submit your request. And for those that want to become suppliers for HEB, we hear you and we hear you loud and clear. And here's also our website to become a supplier with HEB. Um, it walks you through everything that you need to uh, answer as well as if you are a minority owned business, a small business owner, veteran owned, women owned, it will walk you completely through all the requirements that you need to submit to become a supplier. And that portal is accessible to HEB land. So our, our buyers and our, um, our global sourcers. So um, please do uh, go to both websites, submit your products and, and submit to be a supplier. We welcome you in HEB land in Texas. We love you. Thank you again to uh, the Maestro Center. Thank you to Juanita, you are amazing. <laughs> Thank you to uh, Prairie View University, Dr. Jefferson, and also as well as um, Mr. Mr. Rye, Mr. Yes, Lopez. Harvey, thank, thank you. you. Thank you to um, the West Side Development Center, Lloyd, Wright, Jasmine, all of you, every last one of you. This information was pertinent and we bring it back to you and we hope that you will join us again because this is the kind of information that the public needs to hear. So I commend you and HEB thanks you for being a part of this. Well, you know, I love the initials H-E-B because here everything is better and we're continuing to improve it. You know, we, we know this, um, corporates, you know, education institutions, Dr. Jefferson, Mr. Harvey, Mr. Wright, Mr. Lopez, 
Mr. Gonzalez, you know, you took the time out of your busy day because right now you would think you'd have more time, but the pace has picked up because we're trying to make sure we educate you, thank you, support you, and you have that, that ear that you're able to get that information for. Again, thank you, the Maestro Entrepreneur Center, HB, you know, BBVA, Wells Fargo, VIA uh, for being our sponsors, but our supporters, our supporters have said, let me give you that information and let's continue to grow. Let's stay ahead of this, which we are. Uh, Tree Shaker Podcast has been so honored to be able to support this and continue to grow. Um, Mari, the Maestro uh, Entrepreneur Center, you know, has definitely been visionaries and continue to grow. And ladies and gentlemen, come back because we're still having this in Spanish. We've got it in yes. Spanish. And next week, Mari, tell them about next week too. Next week is huge. So next week is Small Business Week nationwide. And we're launching this initiative, the Buy Local Grow Estate website. So keep an eye on to register and be part of that. But next week, we're going to bring you business owners to talk to you about their strategies and how they have survived through these times. So please stay tuned because you want to hear from other entrepreneurs and what they're doing so that you can rethink your strategy and uh, what better way to, to learn from but for others that are in the game as you are. So we're really excited for to, uh, next week's session. And I really thank you wholeheartedly to all of our speakers today and panelists because all this information is really valuable and I can't thank everybody enough and 